0: Today's episode is sponsored by VehicleScore.co.uk, the best site to visit if you want to make a more informed decision when buying a used car.
1: Hello and welcome to the August episode of Charging Status, the UK and Ireland EV-focused podcast brought to you from the interface. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Starling. How are you doing, Jim?
0: I'm living the dream, Alex. How are you? What kind of dreams are? I don't think we can talk about it on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ, um,
1: <laughs> I'm I'm doing good. I had a uh, got back from a vacation or holiday last week. I took a um, VW camper van to Scotland with my girlfriend. Did about fifteen hundred miles, which was insane. Um, but I've got to say the the California Ocean. I've only driven one briefly before. It's oh, it's
0: great. Mm. I don't know if you've driven a camper van before. It's just so good. No, I never have. I'm always um, sort of fascinated, actually, by what happens if you take a corner at a bit too much speed. Do, do you have magnets on all the cupboards or something? Or Yeah, so all the
1: cupboards inside are sort of latched. Everything's secured yeah. down. The only thing with the problem was like the table. I had to shove a jumper in between it and the seat, yeah. otherwise it was rattling. But I'm surprised how well built it was, mate, it, how, how well built it was. Um, I mean, I did have to pull over a few times on some of that, the Lake District roads and stuff just to let people go past because the fastest I could do was 50 before
0: it felt like I was going to fall out of my chair.
1: But yeah.
0: <laughs> Did <laughs> you um, Do you hear? See, these are the these are the things people really want to know about. Do you yeah. hear like the cutlery and the glassware rattling around in the back or not? No, I was surprised. We It's got wow. a cutlery drawer.
1: so We hmm. put our like metal cutlery in there. Didn't take any plastic stuff. And it was, it's like so quiet. Um, we had a few little issues with it. I actually rented it from... Volkswagen directly. So VW yeah. let you rent cars from their own dealers. Okay. Um it's quite well priced and it was a brand new vehicle, it was like from March. It was made. Um quite well priced, as I said. Um what, the roof what, what is the so price?
0: Come on, let's let's
1: get the details. It's seven hundred and forty four quid for the week. That's really good. I thought that. Um it was like hundred quid hundred quid a day, is that roughly? So yeah. with with, bear in mind, unlimited mileage, which was yeah. very impressed about. Um and free gas and they they topped out water for us for free as
0: well. So, so I've looked wrong. at I've looked at renting one like in Canada and stuff before. Obviously, yep. a huge sort of phallic um, affair. <laughs> not 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 a little VW, um, but the the cost of it is insane. And and oh, yeah. particularly the mileage. They're usually restricted to like five hundred miles or two hundred and fifty miles, and then nothing, you have to pay more on top. And it, it gets very, very expensive very quickly. Yeah. So I think seven hundred quid is pretty decent. I mean, it probably cost you three hundred quid to rent a golf for a week. So
1: yeah, pretty much. Um, and the the modern California is based on the new transporter. So it's yeah very a very nice vehicle. A lot of the upfront tech is based on the new golf. But what I quite liked was that the infotainment was a little bit older. Than what we're used to now is he actually had physical knobs for everything, which was a nice, yeah, great, nice thing to see. But it's yeah, so good. I mean, everyone should, if you can afford it, rent a campervan for a week. It's such a nice experience. You get yeah. everyone waving at you because the whole VW club. So very good, cool, very nice.
0: Yeah. I'm off on my holes um, next week. Actually, oh,
1: where are you going? Spain again? Or
0: we're yeah, we're off to Spain. Um, so I'll, nice. I'll probably record a really nasty. Uh, car review of my hire car while i'm over there which i did last year um, oh, no. but i literally just take a gopro and disappear for 15 minutes and and put something together but um depends what i get really so we'll see but yeah looking yeah. forward to that
1: hire cars can be a sort of a mixed ball mixed bag so i went to tenerife with work in march and i, mm-hmm. I hired a hyundai i10 so the base mm-hmm. spec i it was awful it's the slowest yeah. thing I've ever driven. Um, just to get from the one airport to to meet meet my boss and stuff. But oh,
0: I'm glad to see the back of that car is awful. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the um, years ago. I had my my Audi A3 in the body shop, and um, they gave me a Hyundai Get, uh, which right. was sort of the precursor to the i10. But it was the most hateful machine I've ever known. And at the time, I was doing about 500 business miles a week, sometimes a 1,000 business miles a week. And I ended up with it for about 10 days. And I remember one day I had to drive to Manchester in it. And, I mean, this thing, you could literally bend the steering wheel with your hands. Oh, no. Um, and if you got over about 60 miles an hour, um, you know, you were shaking like a defecating whippet. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really not a pleasant experience, but I, I think they're a little bit better these days.
1: Yeah. Hope so. So, yeah. Mm. Um, so I've, I've spoken about what I've been driving. What have, have you been driving anything different recently Um,
0: so I've had a few cars in for review, but no EVs this month. I have got a couple coming up this month, which we can talk about uh, in okay. the next episode. So I've got a, a I've, I had the G- Genesis GV60 a little while ago. There's a review of that on my channel. Nice. I've got the Sport Plus coming, um, which is the basically the equivalent of the EV6 GT. Um, so it's very fast, and yep. uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. <laughs> and finally, I've got an MG5 booked in. Uh, oh, great! So, yeah, looking forward to that as well.
1: Yeah, I briefly drove the MG5 at the SMMT day the other month. I was quite yep. impressed with it, so it's, it seems very, very good. So, yeah, I hope be glad to see what you see uh, about say about it. So,
0: yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. We like estate cars. <laughs> estate cars are great. Big
1: trend to SUVs. It's not the best trend in the world, but uh, estate cars just look cool.
0: To be fair, as well, for most people. An estate car kind of serves the purpose better than an SUV. Yeah, um, they just swallow stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and although you haven't got that high riding position and you've got a lower centre of gravity, um, I always think like it, it, quite often a, a smaller estate car will have a much bigger boot than a larger SUV. And yeah. once you start putting things like push chairs into cars, boot size becomes a real big issue and yeah. you, you can't get enough of it. So, yeah, sad. To, I mean, we've had that news this week, haven't we, about Volvo uh, yesterday, actually, at the time we are yeah. recording this. Volvo just said that they're going to go to SUV only, and I think more brands are starting to make noises like that. But mm. it's, I don't know, I was really looking forward to the first electric Volvo estate because, oh, yeah. so- I don't know, I'm sad or excitable or what, but... My, my sort of long lasting memory of my dad, who's no longer with us, is his old 245 estate. That um, was a 1978 model. He sold it with uh, 320,000 miles on it. And I think four years after he sold it, me and my brother saw it drive by. Oh, so yeah, really, really yeah. fond memories of that. Someone went into the back of him once at 30 miles an hour and completely wrote off their car, which was, I think it was in... A one of the last Ford Escorts. And um, basically, the bumpers on the Volvo had like a, a big rubber band around them, like a big rubber oh, cushion. Right. And um, it, that had a small tear in it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the extent of the damage. They're built great, aren't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah the only estate but... cars we've got, electric wise, is that I can't, they've got the MT5, obviously, and there's a Neo estate car coming up as well. I can't remember the exact brand that's behind oh, it. Oh, yeah. I think Neo 5
0: or something or other.
1: Um, okay. not quite cool, but I have to see what comes up with that.
0: But yeah, it's, it's there's that Taycan n- Cross Turismo as well. But oh yeah, we can't, that, can't... can't really call that an estate, but no, still that's the car I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you got some news, haven't you? Uh, you, you shared on Twitter or well, X yesterday. We're gonna see your face in the places other than YouTube, aren't we? So, uh,
0: well, no, still on YouTube, but just not okay. only on on my channel. Um, so I'm going to be on the Men & Motors channel uh, doing car review content for them. Hopefully some other stuff as well in future. Um, but mm. really, dep- I guess it a lot depends on on how well the new stuff's received. Obviously, if you're unfamiliar with Men & Motors, uh, it was kind of a rival to Top Gear back in the day, back when Top Gear was actually a car show. Um, and there's an absolute ton of archived footage on the Men & Motors channel. Mm. Uh, they've got about 175,000 subscribers something like that yeah um but the new content um hasn't re- it's it's been a little bit of an afterthought i think um it's there's been some new content but not regularly um hasn't had sort of a maybe a clear direction and they're really keen to start doing car reviews again um which is uh you know the sort of basis of 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 what it was founded on Richard Hammond um, actually is on a lot of that old archive footage Mm. as that was his first sort of TV job. Yeah, that's Uh, right. So it's quite interesting. I'm stepping into some big shoes, um, (laughs) although they're probably actually, in reality, quite small. He's quite a small (laughs) man. But yeah, yeah, really, really excited about it. So hoping everything goes well. Yeah,
1: if you can say, what's the filming process like? Because obviously... As we know, like the stuff I the car reviews I film and then the car reviews you, you film, they're all like a solo job. Are there any filming crew? you just left off to your own
0: devices, or no? So I'm I basically producer and presenter for this stuff. Um, and I, uh, I think you watched my video where I went across Europe in the Ionic Six with Tom yep. Shorrock. So Tom's joining them as a presenter as well. But we are okay. We will both be presenter producer. So. We're filming everything ourselves still. Okay. Um and uh we're leaving it to those guys to do the editing and the, the finishing touches. Oh fine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And also we're gonna be going to Carfest South later this month. Um sort of like a big music festival essentially with some extra cars.
0: Yeah, it's like oh, a car festival, a music festival and a food festival. And <laughs> um, I don't know, a rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastics festival. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's it's lots of festivals all combined into one. Um, yeah. yeah, we're going to be there on Friday, the, what is it, Alex? The 25th, 25th? of August, yeah. Yeah, I think it starts at midday. Uh, I'll probably be there at midday. And I I think I've got to disappear about half four or five o'clock Um, due to family commitments Um, but if you're going folks and you want to come and say hello um, i'm the good looking fat bloke next to alex Uh, so do come and say hello if you um, follow us on any of the social media platforms just drop us a direct message and um, we'll let you know where we are men and motors will be there actually so I'll, i'll be over there at some point to go and say hello to my new lovely stuff comrades yeah
1: Great. I want to touch on one thing about the California I drove. I'm wondering, so with the California, there's a few bits and pieces that still rely on um, combustion fuel, yep. I guess. So you can you can run the, if you're cold you could, and it's parked up, you can run the, kind of like a diesel compressor and it mm-hmm. will heat the cabin somehow. I'm not entirely sure how it works. And also you've got the gas for the cooking. It made me think, as I was driving it, what we're going to do when we've got an EV version, because Volkswagen have said they're gonna be, there's going to be an EV version. We've got, mm. gonna, we're have got gonna we going to have a California based on the multivan, that, that hybrid van they've got. Yep. And also in 2025, they're going to be a California buzz. I just wonder if they're going to keep gas for the fuel. They're going to let the electrical system take over. Uh, it also made me think, like the three-pin socket in the van, you can only use it when it's hooked up to mains. I just wonder, because most EVs, you can... Like the Honda yeah. a and the MG5, um, you can use the battery to power up a three-pin socket. I was wondering what will happen with that. So I don't know what y- they'll do.
0: Yeah, so I guess the the hob will probably go to induction, so it mm. can use um, the electricity. But it might be too much of a draw on it. So maybe they'll still have gas for the little hob. Um, but then, do they want flames in uh, around a battery cell? I don't know. So we'll have to see what happens on that. But I guess, like, the the heater and stuff, solar seems to make sense. For the, I mean, just a trickle charge from a solar panel on the roof oh, um, yeah. would, would be enough to keep a 12-volt battery topped up. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you can buy those kits, can't you, to retrofit on, oh, yeah. say, if you've got a T4 or a T5, the solar panel and... Just for that for that purpose to keep a heater going, so that doesn't seem to be um, beyond the realms of possibility. I had no. that Genesis G eighty Saloon a while ago, and that had had a solar panel roof to oh, just right. to keep the twelve volt topped up, and so your aircon and things wouldn't draw mm. so much from the main battery. And certainly, mm. the taking mains power from it, piece of cake. So, oh yeah, yeah, it could actually simplify things quite a bit, couldn't it?
1: It could do because there's, there's a bit of confusion. You have to watch a lot of videos to sort of work out, learn how it all works. Mm. It's got an inverter underneath the driver's seat that you can run while the engine's on. You can use USB ports off the ledger battery, and then you can use the three pin once you're hooked up to the mains. Yeah. I watched a few videos of people converted. They put a solar panel on the roof, hooked yep. up with a charger and stuff in the cabinets. So it be quite interesting. Quite a few changes to the California. So mm. quite cool. Yeah. Right, we've got a few stories. So, just to make people aware, we're going to sort of changing how the show works a little bit. Like with the previous episodes, we sort of me and Jim just sort of reel off a list and just like quite quickly get through all their stories. We're going to tone it down a little bit. We'll talk about more of the more interesting stories, really, um, and talk about them for a bit longer. Uh, so, we're going to get started with the uh, Honda E, a. a car that we've both driven at this point. I only had it for a day because it, it broke, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Honda have actually said that the Honda e isn't going to be replaced, which is a bit daft. Again, it's this move to SUVs
0: again. What do you think about this? I think it's a it's been a really difficult car for them, and it I mm. I felt like it was always a proof of concept, and it was I almost thought it was unlikely to be followed, um, yeah. certainly in the same guise, because that came out fairly early on, and it was quite a mm. lot of money. Not fantastic battery range in the real world, in fact, pretty awful in the real world. Um, but a great thing, and it, it showcased some of their new tech for the first time, like the Dash. And um, and it was a, a bold thing, obviously, super retro, super cool. And I think it was all, almost designed uh, to become a cult classic and not a mainstream car. And it, I mm. think it was, was it 37 38 grand when it came out. I think it was um, less
1: than that, but it's now 37000 Right, okay. It's, Honda yeah. prices have
0: slowly creeped and creeped. So. Yeah. So I'm not massively surprised, but I'm a bit surprised that Honda haven't announced a smaller EV, mm-hmm. um, perhaps a toned-down version or a, a something else. But lots of the companies now seem to be looking at small cars as a almost a bit of a blind alley because – it costs a lot more, as far as I'm aware, to develop and cram everything into on a, on a small platform yeah. um, where on a bigger platform, they can sell you a bigger car and charge more money for it.
1: Make so more profit.
0: I think, yeah. Uh, well, I think it's a case of uh, to squeeze everything in to such a a, a small car, um, they need to charge Probably proportionally more money for it than they would for something like a small SUV. Yeah, um, and it looks like a really, really expensive small car. Where if you look at something like what was it, the HRV, if they did an yep. EV version of that for similar money, it doesn't look anywhere near as expensive.
1: No, which they kind of have with the Emy One. It looks like HRV. Yeah, I think I think that's a similar sort of price, isn't it? So
0: there's the um, what's the other one that's coming out? There's a ZRV.
1: That's going to be hybrid, I think.
0: Yeah. 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 i that, guess I like be, look at that one, actually. Yeah. I guess there'll be an EV version of that at some stage.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I, I think, I know you reviewed the Honda Jazz recently. I don't know what, because the Honda Jazz market is primarily quite narrow, like grannies and stuff. Quite old. Would, yeah. Uh, when when the time comes, I just wonder if they, what they're going to, like, not everyone wants to drive an SUV. So I wonder what the, and that market yeah. is quite,
0: Good for that. It's got it's gotta be the jazz. Yeah. yeah,
1: just an EV EV jazz, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because mm. the jazz the jazz is brilliant. I mean I had that at the cross style one the other week, which I sort of yep. feel is it maybe a little bit pointless when you've got the standard jazz. Because okay. the standard jazz does everything that does just as well or better. Mm. Um it's slightly lower to the ground, it, but is anyone too bothered? I don't know. Um, but it's a couple of thousand pound cheaper. Yeah. To, to me, the the Jazz has been a huge, huge car for Honda, and that's the one they can't live without. Yeah,
1: I don't know the Hon- Yeah, I think you're right with the Honda. E. I think it it definitely um it came out three years ago now. Um, mm. it definitely highlighted what they can do, and if they've put some of that learning into the EMY one then Mm. that's good. But it's just a bit of a shame because it's so cool. They haven't sold many at all. I'd look on the How Many Left website. I think they sold like 2,000. Yeah. Um, That's not... They probably lost a lot of money on that development.
0: Um, I bet in 20 years, if you've got one of those in original shape (laughs) in 20 years, it's going to be worth an absolute fortune.
1: Well, I think we discussed last episode, use price is just insane, like 15 grand or 18 grand Mm. grand for a Honduri. Lost so much value. But
0: it um, I I swear that will go up and up and up because that will be an enthusiast car. It'll be like that cult car. Someone will take yep. one to a car show and everyone crowds around in twenty <laughs> years' time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I drove it back from so people don't know, with the Honda press cars, you have to go and pick them up, they don't deliver it to your house. Um so I I'm about a hundred miles away from their, their press office. And on the drive home I was I was a bit nervous. Um <laughs> I think did I you, charged Did I, you have to pick up their Civic or the Civic got swapped. So the for context, the I was gonna I reviewed a Honda Civic a few weeks ago, um, and then the Honda E broke basically. They had a major mm. electrical fault, and Honda was very kind they swapped it over and they got a man
0: with a trailer to swap him over. Yeah. Um so, so the, generally Honda, the yeah. the only one you have to collect is the Honda E. And it's just because it doesn't have enough range? Oh right. Because they will always try and deliver you a press car with a good amount of charge in it. Yes. And that that car's realistically about 120. Yeah. Um, so they've got to send out a guy to deliver it to you, and then they've got to sit a charger for a period of time <laughs> before they yep. bring it to you, and it yep. just doesn't make sense. So when wow. I, when I um, reviewed the Honda, I actually went up there to, um, where is it, Banbury or... No, not Banbury. A random place. I got a bit lost to be honest. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I don't know somewhere I can't remember. It's not too it's not too far away from Basingstoke. Um yeah. Oh god, I can't think Never of the mind. name. Begins with a B. Um yeah. and uh yeah, I just took it out for the day there. Returned it the same day. I just spent yep. a few hours with it and then and then kind of took it back, but normally you'll get them delivered.
1: Yeah, I got a bit stressed on the way home I sort of I got to not too far away from my house with like two percent charge. I had to stop at a mm. primary and plug it in, have some lunch, and then didn't charge very quickly, but then I managed to get home. But I don't know. Never really had that that problem with a car before, so that bit of stressiness with the vehicle, but I, I think that's the other change. thing. I
0: don't I don't think they can charge too quickly, can they? No. So that's another they, reason why you go and collect them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the MG four, surprised how quickly it charged. I plugged into mm. a Tesla charger. Um, and it ramped up right to the limit of what the MG4 can do. I think it's like 120 kilowatts. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah charged very quickly. So
0: and it's still no ionic six.
1: <laughs> That's insane. I don't understand how quickly that thing charges. It just yeah. Like they talk about the volt. 800 yeah. volt
0: architecture a lot, which yeah. I must admit I don't understand things like this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think was, we got it up to about 240. Um, at one stage, which was absolutely nuts. Just the amount of power going through that cable. You grab the cable and it's physically shaking. Uh, It's quite impressive. Mm. Yeah.
1: Makes me think, like, I wonder how that was in Germany, I think, we used the i chargers. Makes me think how long we're going to have to wait until those sort of new chargers come here. I know Tesla got the um, Gen 4 charger. I think that's the same sort of speed. I don't know how long
0: that will take to roll out everywhere, but I think the just, I, I think the Ionities are here that can do in fact oh they yeah. are because I used one at Folkestone and it was I think it was equally quick at Folkestone. and just not very cheap.
1: Are they not. What's the sort of going rate
0: for the kilowatt? I think it was about ninety P, but uh Ouch. let's let Google tell us. Seventy four P.
1: That's not, well, not right, it's not terrible. Too bad, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or if you've got the INC Passport, which is a monthly subscription. Oh, yeah. um, you get it for 56p.
1: Yeah, that's similar to what Tesla do if you haven't got a Tesla. They charge you mm. 10 quid a month and you get it a lot cheaper. So, pretty yeah. good. All right. Next thing we've got is the Cybertruck. I remember when this thing was announced, actually, um, ages yeah. ago. So long ago. Um, when Elon and- smashed
0: the window with the baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> Telling, you- <laughs> <laughs> Telling you about the bulletproof glass. That was brilliant. I oh, know.
1: yeah it's finally gone to production so for context it was announced back in 2019 they had a lofty ambition of 2021 to start production we're now in 2023 and it's finally gone into production so they're going to make it in texas uh their latest factory um and yeah it's i think the amount of conversation about this vehicle has sort of gone up and down up and down um but it's i don't know if it's going to come here i don't think it is but might do
0: no, it seems unlikely, but I'm sure some people will import one yeah. Um, because, yeah, some people are well just not. very much in love, aren't they? So I'm sure <laughs> I am sure it will happen. I'm more interested to see what's going to happen with the Model 3 because I really think that facelift is about to be announced and probably a price drop. Um, mm. I mean, Tesla are doing interest-free PCP on the Model 3 if you order one or for deliveries before the end of August at the moment. Oh, wow.
1: I um, that. that's
0: cool. And and Elon has made no secret of the fact that he's not afraid to drop prices either previously as they did before, but again, and he sort of said to keep everything ticking, they need plenty of orders at all times to kind of, you know, yep. make, hit the, hit their margin figures and, and not have um, resource that's not being used to its full capacity, et cetera. mm So I wonder if they're going to do a a big price drop and then also announce the the new new version. Whether it's yeah, yeah, which I guess will have more power. I've I've seen lots of renderings for tweaks on the current design, like for the headlights and the tail lights, which make it look uh, a bit more modern and not so sort of froggy faced. Um, (laughs) So that will be really really interesting. I could almost see as well where you could buy the new model three possibly for a bit more and then they discount the existing existing well, yeah. range.
1: Apple did that with the iPhones, do not they?
0: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And I think Tesla have borrowed from Apple on more than one occasion in the past. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize they were doing 0% finance. That's pretty good. And yeah, they, I think, mm. I think Elon said that they'd rather take a hit in profits. Mm. And then sell more because that sort of outweighs it sell, sell somehow. Yeah. Um but yeah, pretty pretty good. I don't think this I think the Cybertruck probably won't come here based on what they've done with the um yeah. Model S and the X. This would probably be less popular than that. I might be I might be proven wrong.
0: Um Yeah, and I mean the US is a massive pickup market, isn't it? I mean m- yeah, most red blooded Americans seem to drive a pickup, where here you drive a pickup if you need one. Yep, definitely. Mm.
1: um yeah the Cybertruck as we mentioned it's got uh bulletproof glass um which and then also this the whole body is stainless steel which is like the DeLorean yeah <laughs> we haven't really seen it since then so I don't know how it's going to work um it might just get really hot in the summer imagine if he touches burn your hand but yeah it might it might figure a way of getting around that um what I found massively interesting was the Cybertruck's going to have the same plaid motors as the the Model S plaid, so you're basically going kind to of have a rapid truck. <laughs> um, and if you have that, it can apparently tow six tons, which is just yep. just crazy, crazy numbers. So and 500 miles of range, which is uh, like double what we need, really, but pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, pretty good,
0: nonetheless. It, um, it, the, with the delays on the Cybertruck as well, it makes me wonder how long this Model Two or whatever they call it. It's going to take before it comes to market because obviously people have been expecting that announcement for quite a long time. Tesla keeps teasing things, um, but between that kind of teaser and it actually coming to market could be quite some time, I think.
1: It's a shame because I'm looking forward to that because I'm, yeah, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what car do I get next? I want it to be an EV, and then I was there isn't on the, yeah, in my opinion, there isn't an EV out there that quite ticks all the boxes. So it's, it's either really good and too expensive or cheap and not great um, in terms of different things like range or whatever. But the Model 2 might be a good, depending on how much it'll cost, might be just a really, really good option for like tons of people. Yeah. Um, especially when you think cars like the Corsair, which we could, we'll get onto now, has uh, just gone massively up in price with its face lift. It just makes no sense. Mm. Um, which I don't really get that. Like, so the top spec Corsair E is going to be 38,000.
0: That's insane. <laughs> um,
1: and I, I remember I, I inquired about Corsair E back in 2021, and the top spec one at that point was like 30 grand. I was thinking, yeah.
0: God, that's a lot of money, but now it's like a lot money for a Corsair. And it, I mean, we've seen the depreciation now, haven't we? I mean, I, I did a video the other day where I, I look at buying a new Corsair E, uh, yeah. on a with cash on their pc standard pcp or on a zero percent pcp or leasing it yep and basically if you do any of the three options you're going to lose about 24 grand i think it was Mm. 24 grand
1: i found that video very interesting actually
0: yeah Mm. and if you leased it, it you lost 12 grand lots of lots of people in the comments someone actually accused me of being um Uh, corrupt yesterday in that video and said I should be locked up because I'm I'm peddling a load of nonsense and uh, (laughs) a lot of people have still come back and said oh it's insane to to pay for finance on something when you've got the cash and I'm like but or uh, another one is but at the end of three years you've got nothing on your drive and I sort of said well you you've got a bag of cash with ten thousand pounds in it um versus having a car on your drive that's Worth ten, you know, ten thousand yep. less. Yeah, you could have a car that's cost you twenty four thousand that's now worth twelve or fourteen or whatever it was sitting on your drive, mm-hmm. or you could have nothing on your drive and and ten um, grand. <laughs> so you only need to put four towards it to to buy that car that's cost you twenty four. Yeah, uh, but yeah, some really odd comments on it. I knew it was going to be controversial, um, oh, which yeah. is why why I made it, but.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I find it incredibly interesting because I'm still, I can get why people don't quite understand leasing. Um, mm. I still don't quite, I can't get my head around it. Like I understand it, but I can't
0: quite get away from that notion of buying a car. If you know what I mean? Yeah. They um, the, just, the, the, the real, whenever I get asked by people in a, in a, re, and, and I have to give them a really quick answer, I mm-hmm. say, so think about the cost of purchasing a vehicle whether it's new or used, how long you keep it for and what you sell it for. And also factor in that you paid road tax. Someone in the comments is bound to say, well, road tax uh, went out in 1930. It's now called vehicle excise duty. (laughs) So for you, well done mate. Um, But yeah, so you've had to pay vehicle excise duty on it every year. You've possibly had to MOT it. Um, And (laughs) Possibly, if you've got a used car, it hasn't been under warranty during that period. Uh, if you lease one, you've got a new car under warranty. Vehicle excise duties paid by the leasing company. And just look at how much it would cost you to have that car for three years or four years, however long mm. it is that you normally keep your car, versus whatever the other thing is that you're considering. And if one number is smaller than the other one, perhaps that's for you. You also have to consider if you're going to put a lot of cash down on a car, So you're going to go and spend 25 grand cash on a car. Um, Consider how much you may have been able to earn from a bond or something. If you put that money into a bond or into some kind of investment, um, obviously interest rates have gone up and there is value in that now. So it's that opportunity cost as well as everything else. Yeah, definitely. But essentially, how much does it cost you to own it for three years if you swap your car every three years?
1: Do you find with the videos that you make about EVs that there's just
0: a bit more? There's just absolute venom in the comments. And um, unfortunately there's, I don't know if you saw the video that Quentin Wilson did the other week about the PR campaign against EVs.
1: I was going to mention that just now with, is that with
0: um, fully charged? Yeah. 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 And how much nonsense there's been about it in the media. And, you know, I could probably guess who's funding that. They they didn't say OPEC or anything in that, mm-hmm. in that podcast, um, or that, that video, but there you go. I've just said it, but I could be wrong, but it feels like it's being funded by people with very deep pockets Yeah, and there is just so much absolute nonsense out there. And of course you see the results of that in your EV videos. Um, someone that's been reading, the daily mail or something and they think they're going to buy this car the battery is going to be depleted in two weeks you can't charge it anywhere ever and um, it's going to explode so you get all that kind of stuff utter utter nonsense and then you get people saying like um i wouldn't drive an ev if you gave me it for free and (laughs) and you think well why (laughs) why why are we so in love with um, petrol and diesel. I, know. I mean, uh, to me, it's something that serves a purpose. And yeah, I love a V8 or something like that. But if I've got like a Vauxhall Astra, I honestly couldn't give a toss what kind of fuel I'm putting into it. Yeah, actually, um,
1: most most cars that aren't performance cars that are manual are just a pain in the arse to drive because they're just yeah well, they're just uh, just, uh, just yeah because they're, they're very low powered and you can't manage that very well, or they're just it's making a noise or whatever. It's just not very nice to listen to. So makes no makes no sense.
0: I mean, someone went on a massive rant in one of my videos the other day and I actually <laughs> banned him from commenting. And um, when it came down to it, he drove a 2004 Aventis. I mean, 2004 Aventis is actually a very good car. Lots of being used taxis and everything else. But I don't think of that as a petrol head car. No. I, I don't think you're going to have a worse experience driving... An Aventis with an electric motor in it. In fact, I think you're going to have a better one. Yeah, um, hundred yeah. percent. Now, if it was a five liter Mustang or something, that's a it's a completely different conversation.
1: Yeah, but it's and an also it's <laughs> important to remember that those those um, enthusiast cars. I rarely see a Mustang on the road, so there's obviously not many of them. Yeah, around. exactly. Yeah. and then in the future, if those people that really enjoy the performance cars, which definitely fine yep. because they're amazing. Um uh, uh, yep. that's fine, it's not gonna cause a problem. Just for some disc- disclaimer, I know you've mentioned it before, but even though this is this is an electric car podcast, neither of us are either we're sort of in the middle mm. between the two. I own a petrol car, I don't own an EV. Same with same with Jim, but we like electric cars, so it's we're not biased in any other way. We just make a podcast about electric cars because electric cars
0: are coming and they're interesting. So Yeah i'm i'm actually thinking about getting one at the moment i've okay. emailed emailed my accountant the other day because i had a look at my potential corporation tax bill this year and um it it looks quite horrible uh, so i'm going to see basically the uh, how it works out i think i've got a rough idea from from reading and things but i just want some specifics for my case because mm. if you're self-employed and you've got your own company if you buy a new EV, you can write off 100% of the cost in year one. Right. So, for example, if you bought a car for £30,000 and you are going to pay 19% corporation tax, well, you get a 19% discount on that car. Um, then you take it as a company car yourself. Yeah. Uh, you have to pay a little bit of company car tax, but obviously then your company insures it does the maintenance, everything else. If you buy a used one, uh, the tax benefits are nowhere near as good. Um, mm-hmm. but I would definitely be in that used category. And I must admit, I'm looking at things like if I, if I did it, maybe an ID three. Um, I don't like ID threes. Uh, yeah, I don't like the, I don't think bill quality is amazing don't think it's a very interesting car to drive. I don't think it's a very interesting car to look at. But you can get one that costs 36 grand uh, two, three years ago for about 20 now.
1: Mm,
0: exactly. And I'm looking at my car that went for a service yesterday that cost 350 quid. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, just thinking that that would probably help out. So, yeah, I'm yeah. looking into it. Fair enough.
1: Are you want a specific tariff for that,
0: like Octopus Energy or something? Or so, I'm on Octopus, but just standard, just okay. a standard tariff. Um, yeah. Because we don't have an EV, there's no point going onto an EV tariff. And even if no. we, even if we did get one, I might not go onto the EV tariff because we don't use the car regularly enough. Yep. You know, it, it does very, very local miles, so mm. it might be we charge it once every two weeks or something. Right, uh, in, in which case, obviously, the EV tariff you usually pay more during the day. I'm usually, usually at home working, using lots of power during the day, um so it, it might not be worth it. But we'll see. Fair enough. That'd be quite interesting to see. I've obviously expect some videos about that as well. <laughs> yeah, especially when I put the lift kit on it and the, um... <laughs> the lift kit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah chop the roof or something yeah you know i love a lift kit
1: yeah we touched on it earlier about volvo um getting rid of uh the, the, well, the estate car essentially um they announced mm. as we mentioned earlier in, the, earlier in the show that yesterday they announced that uh, the, the volvo estate's going away and they're going to do suvs only uh a so few people on I was going to say Twitter, but X. <laughs> I still can't get my head around that. Um, a few people on online have said, oh, what about Polestar? Does that mean that they're not the question? So we quite... I don't think that that's, what, that's that's what's going to happen. I think as a company, Geely, especially with Volt, especially with Lotus as well, they're very much focused on SUVs. Yeah. You know, that new Lotus SUV. So I think I think this is just a sign of the times and a sign of people's buying habits more than anything else, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's just really, really sad but why should they make cars that not enough people are going to buy yep um i just don't know why everyone's so obsessed with suvs no um if i yeah if i had
1: if i had people to carry around like kids or whatever i would just get a van <laughs> i'll
0: tell you what okay. the best thing when you've got kids is a people carrier but of course no one makes them anymore no so i would just get a, i would get a vw multivan if i was in that situation the problem, the problem you've got with them, with that is that they're so expensive. I know, and your kids are probably going to destroy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to buy yourself a proper people carrier, I mean, you can get seven seat SUVs and stuff, but they yeah. just don't work really. They're not mm. really very good at it. I mean, we had a tour end while our kids were both young, um, and that was great. But stuff like the Galaxy and the, the Toran, the S-Max, those kind of cars work really, really well when you've got kids. And um, the, the the other thing that happens is you often end up with someone else's kids as well. <laughs> so kids having play dates, you take them out of the house because um, they've already destroyed your TV and your carpet and everything else. So you, you take them down to the park or something they work really well. And obviously when there are only four or five of you in the car, you just pop the back seats down and you've got a huge boot to get the push chairs in and, yeah, yeah. and all the other bunkum that you have to take out. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: So I guess I, I see tons. I rarely see any Volvo saloons or estates. So I guess that's probably what's mm. done then, So, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Um, one more thing we're going to get to is the oh, there's been oh, get back to the of the crap about the EV stuff. Like, um, Prime Minister has announced that the 2030 ban is, is not going anywhere. This is after after all the um, sort of hoo ha about you know, it might do, it might it might not. Um, so that's quite a good thing for the industry, but also it ties into the ULEZ um, that's been approved for for the for London as well. So. Again, I've I've only driven to London once or twice so far, and it didn't really affect me. But I guess mm. it's I, I do understand it's going to affect a lot of people. But I just
0: just want to know what you think as well. I think new les things in absolute disgrace, and <laughs> I think it's actually a, a, a bigger part of it is to get cameras up everywhere so they can start charging us per mile for our vehicle excise duty. Um, be, because obviously, when all these EVs come in. They've got to fill a £35 billion gap in the exchequer from lost tax money. Um, And we're bound to then switch to a pence per mile. And obviously, all the infrastructure will already be in place. So it serves two purposes. One, they force everyone into an EV. Secondly, all the cameras are there once everyone's in an EV so they can start taxing the hell out of us. Uh, because that's how it works. What is it? The only two certain things in life are death and taxes, um, <laughs> and, and that's all very true. the The thing for me is, we're supposed to be moving to EV uh, because it's better for the environment. Um, yet we're going to scrap loads of perfectly good, serviceable vehicles early. And then have to replace them with new ones, which is the yeah. least environmentally friendly thing you can do. Most of the most of the buses in London are electric, I
1: noticed, and a lot of delivery vans are electric, probably because of the unit yep. stuff. So Yeah, I have seen a lot of as what you mentioned about the paper mile stuff, I don't think anything's concrete yet. I think it's more of an idea, but I can definitely see it happening. And I uh,
0: oh, I don't know. They could at boring. least at least do it where if your car fails its MOT on emissions or something, mm. then that's it. You've got to scrap it. You've got so many days to get rid of it. But there'll be loads of people right now that have a car that they bought years ago that they used to get to work every day that can no longer get to work every day. I've I've yeah. I've read loads of stories where people are on the poverty line but work full-time and they can no longer afford to go to work. It's just Yeah. So we just end up uh, paying for more benefits and things. And I don't know. It's never like the transition's never going to be easy, is it? But I just don't think the way that it's currently being done is the most sympathetic way possible. No. Carrot works better than stick, I think.
1: <laughs> That's Yes, yeah, I've never heard that before, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as I mentioned, that's, that's about the Euro stuff. Then the, the Prime Minister's announced that the 2030 ban for the for the 2030 ICE new car ban should make that clear is not is not going to go anywhere. Um, that's after he was spotted talking to um, Aston Martin or some, I think some other oh, Land Rover, sorry. And I was thinking, oh no, they're going to sort of because Land Rover haven't done anything apart from the iPace for the EVs. Are they going to convince him otherwise and say, oh look? We haven't done. This is so hard to do. Can you just push it back?
0: Tata are going to open that new battery plant, aren't they? I know. Yeah, In the they UK, are. Yeah, which is obviously Jaguar Land Rover. Yeah. So you'd yep. think they're quite happy about it.
1: Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and then we've also got the apparently the Sunderland factory for Nissan is going to become a gigafactory. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realise that was not. Doing anything other than that, maybe it is. Not sure, um but yeah, it's moving in the apart from the US stuff. It's moving in the roughly the right direction.
0: Yeah, which is brilliant because obviously we need to keep manufacturing jobs in this country, and um, yeah, this country has always been so important for the car industry. And it looked like it was about to make itself very, very redundant. So yeah, hopefully we'll get more of these good news stories coming.
1: Well, we get back to what um, Quentin Wilson were talking about with fully charged. He was saying, if we are not careful, the UK just become irrelevant. Companies won't want to do anything here. They won't want to make launch cars here. And specifically, if we sort of back out of the things that we've told people we've been doing, things are just going to go downhill. We're just going to get isolated. So, um, mm. and, and they also mentioned there was something, yeah, the BBC coverage of the Dagenham factory was wasn't was very misty-eyed and rose-tinted, yeah. whereas they weren't mentioning what jobs were going anywhere else. so um, Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, that's it for the sort of the longer form news. We've got a few things to mention in what we're going to call the lightning round. So sort of EV, sort of middle, little little nod to an EV with lightning round. Um, so the BYD Seal U is coming to the UK. It's an electric SUV based on the mm-hmm. BYD Seal. Uh, it's got some very similar uh, in, in, interior details and exterior design. So that's going to be quite a good vehicle when that comes here. So that's going to be BYD's third or fourth vehicle. or no. well, second or third vehicle that's going to launch here, which is quite good. Um, I also saw that the ZOE, the Renault ZOE, is going to be canned in 2024. Um, mm-hmm. Just a brief thing about that. Have you driven a ZOE before? I have not. No, I never have.
0: I mean, they've, no. they've been around for years now, haven't they? They have. Yeah, they're pretty I good. The other day when I was sort of researching my... um the depreciation on used EVs. I'm so you can get Zoe for like four or five grand now.
1: Yeah. So I follow a guy called Gary, uh, just Gary. I can't remember his last name. Uh, Modern Heroes on YouTube. And he's right. replaced. He's he's basically done a whole YouTube thing about replacing his car with a Renault Zoe and the amount of crap he's got online about it. So oh, it's not safe. It's not all that, but he managed to pick it up for 13 grand and it was <clears> owned by onto. And it was in so such good condition um, and they've got about 200 miles of range. So it's, um, yeah, they're, they're such a good used buy. So,
0: A lot of the safety stuff is nonsense as well, because people always yep. say, well, it's got one-star Euro NCAP. Yep. But to get five-star Euro NCAP, a lot of it is a load of nonsense that most people turn off. Like, <laughs> it'll get scored down because it hasn't got lane keep assist.
1: Oh, I always turn that off. It's annoying. Yeah, Isn't exactly. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And obviously new cars now are going to have to have a lot of this stuff kind of permanently, so you have to turn it off every time you get in the car, and it has to be, I think, at least two button presses. Mm. Um, so They're making it more difficult to turn off. But I could see a point when people actually actively buy cars with a lower Euro NCAP. Everyone <laughs> thinks Euro NCAP is about the crash test. That's one small part yep. of the Euro NCAP scoring, and a lot of it is, has it got this piece of nonsense that you don't want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, I'm so old.
1: <laughs> I know. I've told you this before.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, good the... job. I'm good looking and charismatic. Otherwise, oh, again, I, I have mentioned otherwise. that before as well. So, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think your um, mum's stroke girlfriend have as well. So, <laughs> really, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good of yeah.
1: them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for fuck's sake. Um, the um, one last thing is the Volkswagen Golf okay, not an EV. It might be an EV one day with the ID Golf Volkswagen invention, but it's going to go automatic only by 2024. Well, it could go automatic only based on something to do with uh, like fleet emissions. Uh, for what I've for what I understand, um, so manual cars are, have a bit more uh, uh, pollutant than. Well, the COt per col it's basically two grams per kilometer of CO two is produced. That's not much, but when multiplied yeah. with multiple vehicles and all the manual vehicles they produce, it could add up. And what that means is quite sadly is that the Golf GTI after forty years or something of of um, being manual with a manual option is going to go automatic only if this thing
0: goes through. So a yeah, it's a weird one for me. I don't know why you wouldn't just keep it as an even even you, you know previously you would pay. Like if you ordered a BMW 15 years ago or something, say you wanted a three series, it would be say 30 grand for the manual, mm-hmm. um, yep. or the in the options box would be the automatic gearbox and it would be 1500 quid more. Uh, yep. I could almost see that happening the other way around. So, as standard now, the car's auto, but just on those um, cars that attract people that consider themselves to be. Peddlers, I think the term is. Um, why not offer the manual as a cost option? So
1: currently, the the manual um, Golf is fifteen hundred quid cheaper than the automatic. As you said, you could that price difference is already there, so you could just reverse it and make yeah it turn less, it on its head. Yeah, less likely to buy it. Um, and some speculation is that when the Golf is refreshed, the it could just push the Golf GTI above forty grand because uh, obviously cars wow. get more more expensive when when they get refreshed for whatever reason. But that's based on a a to-be-finished Euro 7 regulations. Um, so there's no confirmation mm. if this is going to happen. But currently in 2023, the Up, Polo, T-Cross, Tigo T-Rock and on all have manual options. So
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel to me like we're too long away from manual gearboxes becoming almost a thing of the past on new cars anyway. Yep. Um but yep. yeah, for those enthusiast cars, I think there's a place for them, definitely. Yeah. It's fun. I was thinking it's... the other day, like if my daughter did her driving lessons now, what would I kind of get would we just go for automatic lessons because she's gonna learn a lot lot more quickly and yep. chances are the car she's gonna buy is gonna be an automatic. Um or would yep. I suggest that she does a manual so she's got her her wings, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm. I do see on Twitter sometimes there are some, there are a few driving schools which do EVs. They have MG4s and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, just make things a bit easier because some people just get a bit stressed about hill starts and things. So
0: there's a driving instructor up the road for me, and he's always been manual only. And he's now just switched to automatic only because he said like one in, one in every four calls would be someone who wanted to actually learn in the manual everyone else just wanted to learn in automatics. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and he's been doing it for years, and he's just switched to automatic only, and I think it's gone through the roof, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously changed since I did, well, it's not long ago since I did mine, but it's changed changed a little bit since then. So, Mm. oh, well. Cool. I think that's everything we've got for news this month. It's been a good episode. Uh, Have you got anything you want to plug that you've done recently so any videos or things so i only mentioned men and motors but got any videos that you've done recently about evs
0: yeah so that i mean that that one i mentioned earlier would certainly be worth a look if you haven't already seen it um it's called uh don't buy a new ev this is amazing so go and check that one out and it is a, a cash versus car finance comparison I often talk about why you're better off leasing an EV and not buying one uh, certainly a new one not talking about a used one but a new one yeah. and um, yeah I mean it's one case one sort of scenario but see what you think and leave a comment say you heard heard it here yeah. uh, and what else have I got going on I've I've uh, I've actually added a new service on my website my website's notaguru.co.uk because I get so many emails uh, from people that want to ask me sometimes about transitioning over to EV, but more often than not, they want to talk about buying a car, selling a car or leasing a car. Um, So I've now got a new service where you can go on there and book a call with me. It does cost uh, because I am entirely self-employed and uh, basically nine to five Monday to Friday, I need to be doing something to earn money. I've been spending far too long responding to to emails um, for for nothing essentially. And yeah. much as it's nice to be able to do that, I, it's getting to the stage where it's restricting my ability to do anything else. So, um, <clears throat> and time is becoming more and more precious for me. So, yeah, if you want to go on and book a call, you can. It's notaguru.co.uk, and there's a button on there that says "Chat to Jim." I think.
1: Yeah, if you want to ask Jim what his favourite shampoo is or his favourite crisps are, I mean, been more than welcome to ask him, so.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to honour that with a response. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I've got disability. Right, <laughs> <laughs> what it is. Like, Alex, Alex is having a go about my hair, right? And I've got alopecia. And um, lot, lots of people in the UK struggle with alopecia, and um, I think everyone with alopecia should now perhaps go into their local park, find a dog poo bin, uh, find um, something there, possibly in a small bag, and post it through Alex's door. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, or they could rub it on my scalp, and we'll see if it helps the ball patches fill in. It might do. <laughs> you can test that out. <laughs> so if you do come to Car fest. Um, bring a hot dog turd to give to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that
1: note, I think we'll end. So, as always, you can find this podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, more. For a full description of this show, visit the episode link in the show notes, and of course, check out the chapters complete with images to make your listening experience much more enjoyable. Thanks again to Vehicle Score for sponsoring this episode. Vehicle Score helps reduce the guesswork when buying a used car. Remember to use code Interface Ten. That's Interface Ten to get 10% off the cost of a vehicle history search. We also have an ad-free premium version of this show available on Apple Podcasts for 99p a month. That will help support this episode and future episodes we produce. One last thing, Jim also has a book out all about used cars. Be sure to check that out. It's a great read. Link is in the show notes. Awesome. That's been a look at the car news, sort of the EV news, and obviously a lot of discussion about EVs from last month. Uh, people can find you on notaguru.co.uk and where else can they find you on the internet?
0: Um, So my link tree, I think, is in the show notes. So go click on that and that will take you to all of my links everywhere, including that new threads thing, which is like, I don't know, Poundland Twitter. Um, I've I've got about 12 followers on there, I think. So go and be number 13. Uh,
1: You can find the interface at uk. There's car news, car reviews, tech news, whatever you're into. There should be something on there for you. Uh, Without further ado, thanks for listening to this episode and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by Vehiclescore.co.uk. The best site to visit if you want to make a more informed decision when buying a used car.